All right. So uh, I'm not sure which order they're going to go in, but uh, I'm going to just introduce both of them right now. Uh, we have two guest speakers from IHOP, as the Lord has been just uh, bombarding us with IHOP leaders. And we're loving it. Uh, our first guest is, uh, her name is, actually, um, there's a, a, a sister named Gloria Kim that has kind of set everything up. She's a Korean native sister, but she's uh, ministering and, and working at uh, in IHOP. And uh, Gloria, could you, where are you? Could you stand for a moment? That's Gloria right there. Honor her. Thank you for all your humble service to set everything up. Gloria, we really appreciate you. Um, uh, our other guest is, uh, her name is Kimberly Condor. Uh, she's on staff at IHOP. And she serves in the prophetic department with the prophecy teams. And she trains up prophetic ministers. Um, her and her husband, Doug, have two children. Well, Kimberly, could you stand for a moment? This is Kimberly Condor. All right. And then we have also Stephen Hansen. Uh, he's originally from uh, Western Australia. And you notice that on his accent. But, uh, you know, just forgive him for that accent. No, I'm, I'm playing. And we love, we love Aussies here. And uh, he's uh, the head of the IHOP prophetic department. And uh, he's been serving there, uh, training up um, people on a weekly basis at IHOP's Bible training school. And um, oh, this got all cut off. But uh, this is Stephen Hansen, everyone. Everyone, Stephen Hansen, Stephen, could you stand for a moment? You want to come on up? what you do we're glad to be here guys be here tonight be here at this time with you and uh, certainly enjoyed tonight your prayer meeting self-established right here your prayer meeting the spirit of the Lord is in the midst of you guys we, we have an expectation as we've been to several places and uh, even back well, maybe just before I get started, but Kimberly has uh, been working with me for a couple of years, and uh, in the last eight, uh, ten months, we started to uh, be released from IHOP to go out into the cities of America, and obviously over here, I mean, released from the Lord, because I've been there three years, and the Lord just, I just felt not to travel, and then the Lord just recently, as I said, in the last ten or twelve months, say, I want you to go. And uh, the Lord gave me two people. He gave me Kimberly and uh, another guy has come on a few trips with us. And uh, it's been wonderful working together as a team. We usually do about a week away. And, uh, and it's been so far only one place, about all the places we've been to, it's been Korean churches. It's been in the midst of the Korean culture. Right up here, Gloria. Good. It's been in the midst of the Korean culture. And I feel a bit like Paul in a sense. Uh, that he says, you know, I've been called to the Gentiles, and he's an Australian being called to the Korean culture. I thought, I thought God has a strange sense of humor. 
But it's been, it's been, uh, it's been fun to see what the Lord's doing uh, in the midst of the, the Korean people and even coming to this nation before uh, when we're there praying. We prayed for quite a while. We've just, we ended the fast just prior to flying out here. And, uh, and uh, the Lord spoke in my heart, and I have a, concerning you guys, concerning you, this company here. And uh, again, the other day, we were at Unri, uh, that's the right way to pronounce it, in our room, and uh, early one morning, and we were praying together. And the Spirit of the Lord came, comes on us, and, um, and He begins to say a few things to me about you. And one of the things he began to say is speaking about. Would you like to know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Book of John declares in John chapter 1, he says, There was a man sent from God. There was one sent of God himself. And he said he was sent as a witness to bear witness to the light. He was sent as a witness to bear witness to. Of the light. Revelation chapter 1, 2, it declares about Jesus and says of him, it says he, John declares, he said he was a true and faithful witness. And then Jesus himself says, that's who he is, I'm a true and faithful witness. I believe over this house, that part of this is that you are sent ones. You are called a company of sent ones. And even before tonight, when uh, several of you began to get up. Who is the brother here in the red? What's your name? John Michael. And he began to say something about the missions or whatever. But uh, And I thought, there's a testimony right there as a witness to what I was perceiving, what the Lord spoke to me, that this house is ones who will go be sent out into the nations, being sent of the Lord, not being going at your own will, but you would bear witness to the light. That you go forth, there's going to be a demonstration of acts. There'll be a demonstration, there'll be an apostolic witness upon you when you are sent out from this place, when you're released to go, and that you'll bear witness of the light is by the power of the Spirit, being attested to by the Spirit. Now, see, I feel that the many of the nations of the earth are going to be affected by you. There's even as even as the Lord sent out the disciples, He sent out seventy. He sent them out two by two. And here there will be a demonstration of the Spirit that will see signs and wonders. And it wasn't dependent upon their maturity level. It wasn't dependent upon that. It was because they were sent and they went in the place of obedience and it said the Spirit of the Lord was upon them and it was attested to who they were or who they went forth representing. There's a burning that's going to take place. There's something that's happening in the mist. This Lord is raising up a company. He's raising up a voice. He's raising up messengers. And many will call themselves messengers, but I'm saying, you will be sent forth as messengers with a message for this hour to turn a people and to awaken them. Burning lights. It says of John, he was a burning one. And I don't come just bring a cliche from Kansas City, because that's one of our messages. But I say, I believe by the, what the Lord spoke to me, that you will go forth as burning ones. The brand of the Lord. The fire of God that set something ablaze. They go forward with a word that will bring an exhortation to a people. That will bring an unstopping to ears. For there's a, there's a sound, or there's a sound of a voice, there's a prophetic sound that will come out of this place. There is even happening impartation to you guys. And so, what is the other morning is begin to weep 
Because the word said to me, he said, one of the things of the Spirit, what did he say? He said to me that even as Count um, Zinanov, the Moravians of the 1700s, as they went and they began to establish something, they went and positioned themselves before the Lord and they began to cry out in prayer 24 hours a day. There's something that began to transpire in the midst of them. For in the first 20 years, they sent out missionaries from that place into the hardest nations of the earth. In the first 20 years, there was something that was birthed, there was something conceived in them that they would not look at themselves, they would not look at them of their of who they were, but they looked under Him. They did not start up to birth a missions movement, but it was in the heart of God because He saw people who were willing, who were gripped, who were in a place of selflessness, who gave them, abandoned themselves on the Lord and said, Lord, let your will be done. There was something that began to transpire in them. And as we were in the room the other morning, the Lord said, there's Moravian lights that's going to go out into the nations. And begin to set something on fire. And I was singing about the very nature or the virtue of this people. Who were they? But I was saying the first 150 years, they sent out 2,150 missionaries into the nations of the earth. And meant there was a number of them that sold themselves purposely into slavery in order to reach unreached people groups or people groups who were in behind closed doors. And the only way in there is that they gave themselves in. They sold themselves willingly. Husband and wives. When they went with families that they would do that. Who would do such a thing? It's beyond human reasoning. It's beyond our logic of understanding. But Paul began to identify something when he declared. He said, I would be accursed that some of my countrymen would be saved if that were possible. There is a willingness to even give up. He had the revelation of the mystery of the gospel of Christ. And yet he was willing, he was willing to himself be cast in that place, being separated from the love of God. He was willing to do that, to do that, that he would see some of his countrymen saved. There was the love that compelled him. There was, it says in John, one John, he says, he said, the perfect love casts out all fear. He said it will take us to a place of a full abandonment. And that's what John was speaking about when he declared in John 3. He said that he would increase and I would decrease. See, your age doesn't, doesn't disqualify you. How long you've been in the Lord doesn't, doesn't disqualify you either. But it's what he's looking at as he looked at with David, he said, David, this is what makes you outstanding. This is what separates you from every other person. He said that you would abandon yourself to me because he said you have a heart after me. You have a heart that's set towards me. And he said, I don't look at your immaturity. I don't look at your weakness. He said, I don't disqualify you. He said, but I'm looking at it. Your sense and willingness to abandon yourself to me and to keep running after me no matter when you stumble or fall. He said, you can you look to me. And that's what he says in Chronicles when he says, my eyes, his eyes are on you. And they're looking and they're searching out through the whole earth. He said, who is willing? Who will be loyal to me? He will be loyal. And he said, whoever, wherever my eyes will find that person, he said, I will show myself great to them. I will show myself great.
He said, I will manifest my glory. I will manifest my, my, my strength, my power to that one. And I say, over this house, I believe you are Mark ones. You are Mark ones. Ezekiel chapter 9, where they said, the Lord said, He said, go and mark those ones who groan over the city, who groan over the people. He said, go and mark them. And there's a protection, a protection. There's something that has been a marking in this house. There's a marking over your lives. There's something this house carries. There's a DNA of this house. And not necessarily something of another person, of another house. There's something particular and peculiar to you that's been given into this family. And I say like the Moravians, I believe, like the Moravians, the Lord said there's something is caused in forming a DNA in this family here that distinguishes you because there's an unwillingness of abandonment to go forth. And when I hear that was confirmed tonight, when John Michael got up and said, when a few of us began to talk about mission trips and so forth, I've written, my, written in my book here, the Moravian lights, they were willing martyrs. There's a place of abandonment unto martyrdom. And that says, he's talking even in the physical sense, it's a willingness to give up our aspirations, our dreams. It's a willingness to put those aside and say, Lord, I'm willing to know what heaven declares over me. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to say, Lord God, I will step into that place. And like John declared, as I spoke before, that he would decrease. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this witness this one that of abandonment, that who would be a light? And it says, as we step in that place, not knowing how, but we say, Lord, here I am, I'm willing. There's a martyrdom. There's something so that oh, I'm, I'm dying right now. That there will come a time that some will be marked in that place of the actual physical death because they're making the choice today for, those, so for such a walk, for such an abandonment, for such a willingness to say, Lord, whether it abounds towards me or whereas I'm stepping in a place of least, I will extend myself. I will give myself. I'll keep walking and pressing into that place because I want to see something of the kingdom manifested. That which was declared from heaven. That which is a promise to you. There's a promise to you and I. But I say, something that marks this house. There's a sound. There's something in the spirit that we bore for witness when we walk in this place. We do not know of you. If we haven't heard from other people, but I say the Spirit of God attests of you. It attests of you. You're a company. And the distinguishing thing is like this. There were 12 tribes in Israel. But each tribe had a purpose. Each tribe had a name. Each tribe had a nature. And I say, the, say the Lord, we saw, we see in the book of Acts, that in book of uh, Acts chapter 17, I think it's 22, it says that the Lord, He designates the boundaries of man. He sets men in boundaries and dwelling places. And I say, the Lord has brought you in this house. He's brought you into Marku to run, as the prophet Isaiah said, that there will come for the people who will be shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye. I said, Joel the prophet said that. Eye to eye, the Lord will not break rank. And the Lord is forging and forming something of you that you will come in that place of conformity to His will. There has been a wrestling with some of you. There has been a, a wrestling, I said, like a young oxen. There has been a kicking and a moving. But I said, the yoke of the Lord is upon you. 
And he's causing you to give understanding a place of yieldness because his wisdom is made perfect in this. He will be glorified through you. Don't, don't reason out and withdraw from his will and what he's doing in this hour. Allow the bridle to be upon your mouth. Allow the wisdom of God to nurture you. Allow him to guide you because he's going to bring you in a place where the manifestation of the Spirit will be upon you and you'll bear forth the fruit of God. You'll be a witness like John bearing forth and speaking. You'll be a light to him in the nations. The Lord's about to do something in this nation. And then you will join ranks with other companies. But I say, there is a wave of the revival that's going to break out in this nation of Korea. The Korea is going to raise up. It's going to be a great mission work that's going to send to the nations of the earth. You are being groomed in this very moment. The timing of the Lord. The execution of His hour. The execution of the Spirit that's shaping and setting things in place. For the apostolic witness. Belief for the greater things. That you're not going out as a good decision into the nations. But I'm saying you're going out to be equipped. That God's going to encourage your heart in the place of faith as you step out. Because He wants to encourage you to run. He wants to encourage you to pursue in that place that you begin to grow. In the place of spiritual muscle. That you begin to exercise those things that you've been given. That the very gifts and callings upon your life will begin to be manifested. That confidence will begin to grow in your heart. The light of Moravians, as you set yourself in this place in prayer, as you've been cultivating that heart, as you've been cultivating that, it's the heart of God. And when we go before Him in prayer, when we set ourselves before Him in prayer, we begin to feel His compassion, His mercy for the people of the earth. Who will go? That's the question. And I believe God's called this house. I believe it's a band of warriors. I believe over this house, like David's young men, there has been that which God has been gathering you, that with you you shall do great exploits. Valiant ones. It speaks of one that he had the sword in his hand, and he looked over a lentil patch, and he fought, and he fought off 200 Philistines, what, to save one acre of land, one lentil patch? Who would do such a thing? But the Lord showed himself mighty through that one. And he received the rewards. He received the plunder. It said his hand froze to the sword. The Lord is forming strength within you. Resilience. Through the place of prayer, there's prophetic sight being given. The heart of God is being formed. That when you go out in that place, you go forth with a message that the word will come out of your mouth and you'll come out with compassion. It'll come out with mercy. That even the hard things can be spoken and the love of God will come forth out of that. That will be received in the hearts because something's been birthed in your heart through prayer and intercession. Like the Moravians. There's a lampstand in the midst of you. There's a burning that's happening. Will you say, I've only been here three months? It doesn't matter. You've come. You've come. You've been joined into a family. There's a measure. There's a fragrance on you already. There's a marking on you already. You're a part of something greater than your own understanding. and something of your own future. God has gathered you for such a time. So he, sp- he was speaking about the lamp. He's talking about the Moravians. He's talking about the martyrdom. He's talking about the abandonment through those who would go and sell themselves that order some may be saved. That's the picture. There's some of you will do that. You go into some of these nations, and give up everything to follow after Him. It'll be that martyrdom. You'll be a martyr under Him. 
It's no small thing. It's not a light thing. It it's, brings joy in the heart of the Lord that a generation that, is so, that has so much clamor around the life, that has so much entertainment before their eyes, that you as a young people would withdraw from those things in order. And you would seem, it would seem uh, and consider the eyes of this world foolishness to do things that you're considering to do with your age. It's like if you're throwing everything away for some of you. Your education, careers. Some of you are going to make choices to abandon those things. Even thinking of marriages. In order that He would be glorified, that His kingdom come. That some people would be set alight through your testimony, through your words, through your abandonment. The Lord came to Mary. Luke chapter 1. The angel of the Lord came to her. And he offered, he said something. And the only thing she said, the wisdom of heaven was in her mouth. Let it be done unto me, God, according to your word. Let it be unto your maidservant. Let it be done to me. Mark me. <clears throat> I don't understand these things. I don't know what you're speaking about. The Son of God. Her response was wise. That she would take it. Let it be done unto me according to your word. I don't know how this thing will happen. I, Lord, I don't understand what I'm sensing in my spirit. I really don't know what you ask on me. I don't know what my leader says to me. What he sees, I do not see. None of those things. Let it be done unto me according to your word, Lord. That's what he's looking at, that response. Let it be done unto me. He's drawing from the wells of salvation. He's drawing deep under deep is calling. There's a prophetic mantle over this house. There's a prophetic call. Place of eyes. Place of watchmen. Ezekiel 33. Who will warn them? Who will give them warning? Who will warn? Who will cry out? Who will go and give them warning? So you're being marked in that place tonight. That prophetic anointing is resting upon you. There's something within you. There's something of strength. And there's something that's being a place of seeing things. It's like, you do not like injustice. And it's a prophetic anointing. It's a mark of the Lord. His word is growing in you. Like Jeremiah is causing us unsettling. It's causing a displacement of your own things within your heart. Because the kingdom is being manifested. It's making room for the word of God will not be denied. That's what Jeremiah said. He said, the fire, your word in me is burning in such a way that it cannot but open my mouth and prophesy. It cannot be held back. For in the due time, the season the Lord had determined, it will come forth. Birthing, carrying. The hen is in this place here. The cry of henna. The cry of henna. You see, there's a desire in your heart. You felt that you should have a... A certain anointing, you've not seen it, but there's something in, in you that will not relent, though you do not see it, because that's in there that frustration that you're sensing is the birth something. It's the cause of cry to come out. It's a frustration under something. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Don't be discouraged. But allow that to have a voice and then lift up the heaven, because in that place is a birth thing. In that place is conf- Forging something within you. 
That's what the prophet declared when he said to about Jacob. He said, Jacob, I think it was Isaiah 40, 42. He says, of Jacob, I've, I've created you, Jacob, but Israel, I formed you. There is a forming that's taken place. There's a forming, there's a name that's been established. There's character that's being formed in you into what God has purposed for you. Though you were created, though you've walked for a season in a certain manner, there is something that's forming in your life to make you the Word of God. It's being manifested what God had purposed from heaven. The zeal of the Lord consumed him. Zeal is being birthed and formed in you. It'll take you beyond. It'll carry you through. It'll cause your forehead to be like flint that you will not be deterred by the faces of men. That when you go and speak, when you go and preach, when you go and minister to these people, you will not be deterred by what you see with your eyes or by their reactions to you. Because there's zeal within you. That His kingdom come. Lord, release your power. Release your power, O oh God. Lord, is witnessing some of you tonight. The word, like John, you will go forth. You will be sent. It's a sending of the Lord. He wants to encourage you. 1 Samuel chapter 29, speaking of David. And I felt this house here was in a place of hiddenness, as it were. There can, you can still be in a place that's seen by others, but still in a place of hiddenness of the Lord. Hiddenness in this way, like a treasure covering, like a secret provision of the Lord. The people cannot see what the Lord is doing. They know of you in a sense. But I felt like David, that David was out in the field. And he's in that place laboring. In that place being faithful in his father's house. But the Lord was doing something. That no brother, other family member knew what the Lord was doing. They didn't know. They just despised. You're the smallest. You're the runt. You're least. But the Lord was working something and equipping him and even giving skills in the mundane, in the ordinary. You're going out to back and forwards, back and forwards into this house. Going back to school, going back to some work and what other things that you're doing. It seems very mundane, very ordinary. They come here and do prayer. Come and do a 21-day fast. Give yourself the prayer. Lord, it seems ordinary, Lord God. We're doing something that's great. I'm, 21 days, I've been part of it. But I haven't seen the manifestation of things. We really don't know what's happening on the other side of the prayer because we can't see. Seems pretty ordinary. But what we says of David, what happened when the order came from the Father? Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. A story that most of us are familiar with. David comes out. And he hears, he comes up to his brothers. And we pick up the account. As the, the Philistines, the army of Israel, was Saul in charge during camp. And the Philistines each day send out the giant Goliath. And the mocking spirit, that lofty thing, that haughty pride comes out and mocks and taunts the army of Israel. Send one out. 
Send one out today. For whoever wins will serve. The lofty, the voices that will try to intimidate you. What are you doing with your life? Are you wasting your life? What are you doing with your education? What are you doing with your career? Why are you not being faithful to your family? Why don't you stay at home? You're being foolish. The mocking, taunting, even from peers and friends and family. Why are you fasting? Why are you fasting? Why don't you eat something? You know it's not good for you. And so we have this thing that seems quite lofty. For some of us, very intimidating, impenetrable, demanding of us to respond and yield ourselves to it. But David comes out and he's, he has seen something. Something's happened in the place of hiddenness. Something's happened in the place of the mundane, in the place of the ordinary. That he's been out there in the place of obscurity by himself. He's been, he withdrew from his family through circumstances that was required of him. But in that place, he looked and was beholding something that others in their activity could not see. He was beholding something that was beginning to set something beyond the natural. That there was revelation taking place in his heart. That what took place is that he didn't see his stature. He didn't see his weakness. He didn't see his age. He lost count of those things. And he was beginning to be, be gripped by something other than. He was being gripped in his heart of something greater than those things that would limit and restrict him and bind him and disqualify him. He was beginning to be gripped and endorsed from on high. And he's beginning to be skilled in his right hand and his left hand. And that thing that would come to ravish him. That thing that would come and intimidate him. That bear fear. Intimidating. It says that he conquered it. With the least and the smallest thing. The foolish thing. A small rock. And of the lion, that ravishing thing that would cry out and taunt. The very roar what you want you flee from it it says he overcome those things so he comes out we pick up the story with Goliath the champion in verse 23 and all the all the men of Israel in verse 24 they fled and they're dreadfully afraid and David comes in in verse 26 and he hears of it and he says okay what's going to be done for the guy who actually kills this Philistine and takes the reproach away. The reproach of the name of God. Who will go forth? The Lord goes, He sends them forth to take away reproach of His name. In the nations, many who are called by His name in our cities, in our churches, who are called by His name, are bound by fear, reputation, being just overcome by compromise and fear, hypocrisy, gripped and bound. 
hopelessly just bound. But David comes out and he begins to address it. The Lord's, who will go forth? And he says, what's going to be done? I say, Lord, here I am. What's going to be done? And David gets reproached from his brothers. Who are you to fast? Who are you to go out to Indonesia? Have you been to seminary? How long have you been saved? What qualifications do you have? Who are you to go out in the nations and preach and proclaim the gospel? And David, in righteous indignation, makes a statement in verse 29. He goes, what have I done now? But he says this, Is there not a cause in Israel? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause before us? About the name of God. About the heart of the Lord for the peoples of the earth. Is there not a cause to give ourselves to? And I say, I believe this is over this house. There's a cause that's being set and written upon you. And that's a mark, I believe, that's written upon this house. There's a cause that's growing in your heart. The cause is what will take you and compel you to go. It's the cause that will cause you to open your mouth in the supermarkets and the malls. It's a cause that will cause you to lift up your voice in the university. There's a cause that's consuming, that's beginning to grow in you, that's causing, as I said before, there's a frustration, there is something for more, there is something for other than, and that is the message this is. It's a cause of the kingdom, it's a cause of His namesake that's coming in you. That will compel you to give up and abandon everything. That you will be one sent of the Lord, whether it be in this city here, or this nation somewhere, going in and out. But I see the firebrands of the Lord being shot forth out of this place. In and out, in and out of this place. The adding of the Lord. I think even in this day, it's like a Gideon company. Even this day, I feel the Lord wants to encourage your heart as a small bound in the place of hiddenness. That He wants to show His hand powerful to you. That as you go out, the demonstration of His Spirit, as I said, He wants to encourage you to say, It's not by might, nor by power, but it's by my Spirit that's in you, that anoints you, that enables you. And you are experiences because I want to give you courage, I want to give you faith, I want you to know that I am with you. And it's not on who you are. It's who I say you are and who I am before heaven. I will mark you before heaven. I will show and display my power to you. He's just saying, open your mouth and I'll just fill it. So he says this, he declares it out. We see that David put in the flight like John, or the voice of John, when they came out to see him, when the religious and the Pharisees, he said, who told you to come out here, you brood of vipers? Where did you come out here to see? John was in a place of the wilderness and something was being formed in him. Until the time. It says, until the time. For some of you, it's the time now. It's been until the time. And the time is the set time of God when he released them to go. And not be shut down by religious spirits. He wasn't intimidated by religious spirits. He wasn't moved by it. John was not moved because like David, there's something that had taken place within him. And he called it for what it is. He's not moved by it. You're not being moved by it. 
Not be moved by fear by Islam. And when you go in these places, it's the love of God. It's His love that casts out fear. It's His love that cannot be denied. When Stephen stood there and proclaimed the gospel, there was a the love of God that allowed him, and he, he was being stoned, it did not stop him. He wasn't fearful. He was just gripped by glory and by love. He looked upon him, was captured by love. They give, he gave his all because he loved well. He loved well. It will not be denied. The power of love, the affections of Christ, redemption power, deliverance power, the love of Christ. The weeping. It says compassion brings forth a miracle. The compassion of his souls brings forth miracles. Some of you are going to weep. And compassion, His name, zeal, Psalm 69. Just check this psalm out. I've written it down here. The zeal of God, Psalm 69, where David again cried out, I'll encourage your hearts tonight in this. The place of abandonment. And talking about David here and about his own family. Some of you in this place have reproach from your own family members. Brothers and sisters in Christ, even over this fast. And David said here, he cried out the Lord. If you read Psalm 69, there's an encouragement to your heart. The zeal of your house in verse 9 has eaten me up. Reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen upon me. I wept and chased my soul with fasting and became a reproach. David's talking about humbling himself before the Lord because he was wanting more. He was wanting more. But it comes an acceptable time. Verse 12 and 13. There comes an acceptable time. And so weeping comes in the night. The sorrow in the night season. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. The season you're in. The labors you're in. There's a joy that will come forth. There will come forth a reaping when you go to different places. There's a reaping of the Lord. There's an acceptable time. So though it seems right now, it's foolishness, it's laborsome. It doesn't seem to be producing anything. Know this. You're going to bear forth. You're going to bear forth the labors of your... The labors is going to bear something forth. That's the promise of God. It's the foolishness under men. But the wisdom of God to allow us... It, it, it qualifies every person is able to fast. It doesn't depend upon age. It doesn't depend upon anything. We can all withdraw in a place of fasting. The foolishness to us, the wisdom of God, that we may encounter Him in our heart. That something is established. Something is released. The markings of the Lord over this house. The sending ones. The voice of the Lord, Ezekiel. No, I won't go there. I had a whole different. I had a whole message tonight. It's on Israel. No, for real. On Israel, and I still believe that. Well, someone's going to preach it here. Lord, mark you with His heart for Israel. They've had understanding for the nation, for that land, who the Lord declares it is. And you bring it into a place of understanding His covenant, His promises towards Israel, the land, and the people. Not as something that is sympathetic. Something that is 
religious obligation because it's what he declares in Romans chapter 9 to 11. But we align ourselves with his will. We align ourselves with who he declares and what his choices are. That's what Israel is about, revealing his glory as a sign of wonder to the nations. It will be a stone of stumbling. It will be a cup of drunkenness to the nations of the earth because he will be seen. Israel will, it will declare that God is alive. And some of us tonight, I feel some of us tonight, there's some things that we have to come in agreement with what, how he feels about things, his choice over issues, his choice over some of the things for our life. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am, he says. Some of you tonight say, who do you say I am? The other day before I got preached on on Israel, the Lord just released something to me. He said, he said, where he speaks to him, he says, what is the greatest commandment? And he's speaking from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, they said, Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, but love the Lord with all your heart and soul. And what the Lord spoke to me in that worship before I got and preached on Israel, the Lord said, by agreeing with what I have chosen and what I have determined is loving me. Ouch. See, a lot of the church today have risen up their voice and they've risen up their heart against the Lord and His choice about matters. What the Lord does not tolerate. A humanistic reasoning that has infiltrated the church. That's why He's asking. That's why He's raising up messengers. Because you, He's marked to be called the defenders of the faith. Preachers of righteousness. Jesus went in the temple. He began to clear things out because of the compromise. He had righteous indignation that was in His heart. Because he, the Lord, is intolerant against wickedness and evil. And yet we, and that predominantly the church, is tolerant with wickedness and evil. Tolerate homosexuality. Justify it, in fact. Tolerate abortion. Well, how do you say we tolerate it? Because of the silence that's within the church and around the nations of the earth. Who, who will stand with me and agree with me? And agree with my choices? And agree with what I say is right and what I say is wrong? And he says, the first and greatest commandment is to love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Meaning that it's more than mental ascension that will carry us through to be faithful witnesses. There's something that we say, Lord, even as the man who is waiting for his son, he said, Lord, he said, you believe? He said, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. Lord, I don't fully understand. I say, yes, Lord, but help me, Lord God, where I have unbelief and fear. I say, oh, he's looking for the yeses. He's looking for those that to be faithful witnesses, true witnesses. Is standing over the issues, the things that he has declared. Now, if you had abortion here tonight, I want to condemn you. Because there's forgiveness by the power of his blood. There's mercy of God. He cries out. He's merciful. He's long-suffering. He's kind and compassionate. That's the love of God. He's redemptive in all his ways. Every one of His ways lead to salvation. He calls us forth. He beckons us to come aside, to come after Him all the way. And He's patient with us. He's long-suffering. So no matter where we are right now, as is just looking for our will- willingness. But I want to be a faithful witness. 
I want to be one who will be an advocate of the Lord. And I say, like Misty declares, that your leadership is perfect, Lord. Your leadership is perfect. And I can only say that if I make the choice now, today, and every time I'm challenged with something, on every time that what does not align up with the Lord, but I feel is okay, then I say, Lord, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I choose your way. That that day will come that I will not deny Him. That that day will come in whatever it may be. Oh Lord, let me be a happy martyr. Let me be a lover to the end. Let me be faithful on that day. Whatever that day may look like, the choice you're making today, you're willing to fast, you're willing to surrender every day. Every one of these things is forming you that you'll have resolve by His power to stand in whatever circumstance to be a faithful witness. Mr. Eswitz had a dream. Just, Lord, just remind me, she had a dream. And she got caught up in this place. It was intense. I think she had a number of times. But, and what happens, war was breaking out in the earth. And there's people being destroyed everywhere. And she was running. And she kept running faster and faster. And things were going everywhere. And she thought it was darkness. She thought it was the enemy. And the Lord comes. She sees him. Now, I'm not doing it justice. I mean, I heard her say it a couple of years ago. Probably be able to get it on a CD somewhere. But she got up and shared this one time. Um, and, she, and, and, and it was the Lord. She said, you can't, this can't be you. No, it's not you. You're somebody else. You're not the Lord. And the Lord said, this is me. This is my shaking. This is my judgment. This is my righteousness. I'm coming as a judge, Misty. And she had to make a choice. In that dream, she said, Lord, I choose you. I trust your leadership. I trust your leadership. I trust your leadership. We don't have to understand. Because he says in the book of Isaiah, he said, My thoughts are above your thoughts. My ways beyond your ways. And right now you will be wrestling with issues of your heart concerning his ways, concerning the things that he's, he has declared in his word. And say, so, you know what? That's not love. That's not justice. Why would you kick the people of the, uh, the Palestinians out? Why would you do this? That's not love. But he wants us to agree with what he's chosen and declared. He has made a perpetual covenant, an everlasting covenant about the land and about the people. And we have a role and a part to play in that. Romans chapter 9 to 11, when Paul breaks that down, they have not been disqualified. They have not been replaced. The wisdom of God will be seen. He will fulfill it by the prophets. Amos 9, 14. Zechariah 12 to 14. Jeremiah 35, 37. Ezekiel 35 37. Read those accounts. Genesis chapter 12, 15, 17, 18. Speak of the everlasting covenants. The Lord chose. He determined. And when the nations come down to Israel, when they lift up their voice and shaking their voice, they don't hate so much as they hate the Jews in Israel. They hate God for being God and choosing what He has chosen. That's the issue at hand. That's the issue. It's about His choice. Of being God and choosing something. It's no different than what we see in the church today. The choice to accept homosexuals, being 
it's okay to be like that. The choice is saying Israel should be out. They're the terrorist people. It's saying that they should give the land over. Not look in the covenants anymore. Friends, this is a real issue. You might say, this has got nothing to do with me. Everything to do. Because do you accept Him and His choices? And He has called us, the Gentile church, that we would come in a place of agreement with His choice. Because we are the ones He's called to revoke the Jews of jealousy. Isaiah chapter 62, he says, Of you, I've called you, you Gentiles, that you will cry out day and night unto Jerusalem as a praise in all the earth. This is part of the mandate of who we are. He says in the book of Ruth, he gives us a prophetic imagery. He gives us a picture in the book of Ruth and speaks of Ruth and says of her that she came and cleaved herself to Naomi. This Gentile, this Moabite, that she came and cleaved. And the only other place in Scripture that word cleave is used in Genesis chapter 2.14. And it talks about a woman leaves her family and comes and cleaves to her husband. It's covenantal. It's marriage. It's oneness. And in that place, Naomi was restored into her rightful place. That the bitterness of her heart was healed. Because someone told her, someone abandoned themselves. Where you go, I will go. And your people shall be my people. And as she gave herself in love, she said, where you be buried, I will be buried. And the Lord's giving this prophetic imagery picture to us. And He's saying, that you would cleave, that you would go after this people, that you would give yourself in the place of prayer, that you would agree with me until Jerusalem becomes a praise in all the earth. And He said, it will be, because I'm going to come back there, I'm going to rule from Jerusalem as a judge and a king, and my throne will be established there. It's a geographic location. It's a piece of real estate, literally, that he is going to reign. Isaiah the prophet said in line 9, he said, The law shall go forth out of Jerusalem, out of Zion, in all the earth. Friends, this is part of the mandate he's given us. This is a part of our identity. That we are the Ruth that he's called us to be in. This is just one thing. Do we agree with his leadership? Because if we do not, we will turn away in that day. When whoever joins themselves to the Jews, whoever joins themselves to Israel and standing for the land, will be persecuted. And as I said before, it won't be your religious obligation that will keep you. Romans 9-11, provoking the Jews of jealousy, it won't be that. It won't be your sympathetic feeling about the Jewish culture and the Jews. It will be true love that will do it. It will be His heart that we will stand in that day. And I'm talking about one issue here. And I feel the Lord is inviting His people. He's saying, who will stand with my people? Who will stand with me in order to see that come about? And as you go out in the nations that you sent forth, this issue must be settled now. The issue of Israel the issue of these things must be settled. Do I agree with your leadership? Will I be a true witness? Messengers. Lord is forming things in you. And say, Lord, I want your heart. His heart is more than salvation. That's the beginning. His heart is a place of restoring all things through Christ. 
under Him, through Him, by Him, to Him. All things were retorted. And that's what Paul began to declare. He said, he was saying, the mystery of Israel and the Jews and the Gentiles. He said, he began to break out in praise. He was overwhelmed, Paul was. Don't check out on this tonight. Don't check out on me now. But I say, you are called as prophetic messengers. But I say, many are turning their back on the Lord. Many are denying His sovereignty to choose what He has chosen and to fulfill what He has said He will fulfill. When Jesus said, He said, When I return to the earth, will I find faith in my people? And the faith is this, believing in Him, believing what He's spoken, believing that He will fulfill these things, believing that He will come back and shake the earth. Matthew 24, believing those things. That's why He gave the parables to us. Will we going to be faithful with what's given to you? Friends, the issue at hand that you will be sent to churches where a religious spirit, where Antichrist spirit is, people who are harboring anti-Semitism, people who are harboring the humanistic reasoning. Your university is right here. In America, there's humanism that's infiltrated the church. And he's looking for a people and there's young people who will stand up and say, No! This is who He is. He is faithful to the end. He will. This is on the heart of God. You will prophesy and declare the word of the Lord. And in that place, it will come and challenge. It will, some will cause their teeth to gnash. But others it will break them down. You let the power of the Holy Spirit will take that word. And it will thrust them in their heart. And it will challenge them and convict them. And some will save to eternity. They will be without excuse in that day when they stand before the throne of God. But who will be faithful to proclaim the message? I believe you, like the Moravians, that anointing, that bright light. I believe that's the invitation. I believe that's who you are. He's sending you out. Back and forwards. Back and forwards. Some of you will go and stay in the nations of missionaries. So you will go forth in the nations and be that light. Let me just start. Maybe we've got the music, musician. We're just going to, I just want to, maybe just some music up here. Who's got the guitar? I just want to make a response tonight. I believe the message is said before you. I believe the Lord has spoken to you. Some of you is giving you a bit of a more, a greater understanding of the identity and who He's calling you. What he said before you, Second Peter 1.19 declares that the prophetic word comes forth. It's like a light that shines in a dark place. It's something that you begin to set your course and continue to steer on and navigate towards. Let me just stand up. You don't know in the court even now. Begin to speak to him concerning these things. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to their hearts. Lord, I don't really know or understand some of the things that certainly He's been speaking about. And you have a willingness to know. You need to have a willingness to inquire. You have a willingness to say yes tonight. Some of you, the message is burning within you. The message is in you. And it's burning. You have his heart for the nations. 
you, I believe the Lord, there's enlargement. Lord, like Jeremiah, let me eat the scroll. Like Ezekiel, let me eat the scroll. Give me more. There's more. I believe the Lord is releasing messages, appetites, desires for His Word, like certain books, like Daniel, like the book of Revelation. And even tonight, I say, Lord, this book, let it become substance in me. Let it be something that marks me, moves me, God. Let me tonight, God, give me dreams. Give me dreams. Give me dreams, Lord. That's going to set me on a course. Like the way the Lord touched Misty. I'm coming as a judge. I'm coming to shake. I'm coming to rule. Lord, I have no revelation of you as a judge. I have no revelation of you actually literally coming back as a king to rule. Lord, fill my mouth. Fill my mouth, O God, that I may proclaim boldly the truth of your word, that I may make you known. I want to know you. I want to be filled with the knowledge of God. Like Paul, reveal, make known the mysteries, O God. Fill me with your knowledge of who you are. I want to know you, oh God. Draw upon him even now. You're going to make that confession tonight. That I want to know you. I want to know you. More than I would be a happy mother if that's what's required of me. If that's what you want of me. Give me understanding, oh God, what it means to burn. He's looking for burning ones. He's looking for ones who go forth. Will not fear their faces. Here I am, O God. Like the prophet Isaiah. Here I am, send me. Isaiah 6. All you who reign in the heavens. You who watch over the affairs of men. Reign in me, O God. There's an apostolic witness. There is something resting on some of you now. It's a witness of the Spirit saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you a greater commitment. In whatever way that requires, whatever response, how you respond right now, you do it before the Lord. Some of you, right now, He's asking you to give something up. There's a giving up. There's a handing over. Here we are, oh God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in our midst. You speak into our hearts. You awaken us. Opening eyes tonight to see in greater measure. You're giving greater sight tonight. You're putting, Lord, a desire and a hunger for some of the things that I spoke tonight, an appetite and a longing to know more. 
God, bring the stirrings. Bring the stirrings, oh God. Let the angel come and stir the waters. There's a stirring in some of you. And the waters are deep and the deepest fallen. For some of you, it's like saying, cast your net on the other side. Give me another chance. Choose me tonight. Follow me. Eat of my body and drink of my blood. Do not be offended at what I spoke tonight. Don't turn away. Don't say that's just too hard for me. Just by faith in Lord, I don't understand some of the things He said. But Lord, I say, I choose you. Lord, I drink of your blood. I'll eat of your body. I'll follow after you. For the call, He's saying, Come, follow after me. For some of you will be in the nations. Others will be the cities. Others will be the marketplace. But no, no less, you're called as messengers, as witnesses.